Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Game. The Bridge. On FM 96.9 The Game. Powered by Advent Health. That is correct. Advent Health, they are the proud partners of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Orlando Magic, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. For more information, go to adventhealth.com. Musical theme? So it's about love to celebrate Valentine's Day earlier this week. It just blows me away. Sing it! Mm. I've never been this close to anyone or anything. I Sounds almost like Garth Brooks. Here's the hook, Mike. I don't know how you do what you do. Woo! I'm so in love with you. It just keeps getting better. What you want to do, Mike? What you want to do? Uh, I, I want to play the game. I, I don't know who this is. Daniels? I know the song, but I, I honestly don't think I know the artist. They call Texas the blank, blank state. Boom star. Boom. Baby, I'm amazed by you. Mm. Wow, I would have never gotten this. Lone star. The smell of your skin. The taste of your It's that good stuff, Mike. Okay, that's getting nasty now. He's talking about the smell of the skin. All that stuff. It's getting a little pornographic. It's getting what, Mike? <laughs> getting pornographic. You better turn this off or Ron DeSantis will it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we have here to talk to Mark Daniels about? All right. We're going to get into the NIL hot and heavy. Um, Daniels, I did, uh, I did talk to Andrea Adelson. I ran her theory by you. About you know if the Pac-12 is it the Pac-12? No, you ran my theory Pac- by her. Yeah, I ran your theory by yes. her about yes. if the Pac-12 does not get a TV deal done soon and a lucrative TV deal done soon, that the ACC, who's trying to make more money on their existing TV deal, might just go poach themselves some Pac-12 teams. And Andrea Adelson said that was not on the agenda. Uh, during the recent ACC meetings, and she pretty much said, Daniels, your theory is out to lunch. I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Well, I I listened to Andrea's interview, and I certainly have incredible respect for Andrea, and she has incredible sources in the ACC. A couple things. She said that it was not on the agenda at the recent AD meeting because people like Andrea would find out. So I I don't think anybody (laughs) wrote anything on an agenda. Because Andrea's really good at what she does, and my guess is that Jim Phillips, the commissioner, and probably a group of athletic directors or presidents of the ACC are not going to go public about something like this. It's not like the Big Ten was telling you that they were hunting for USC and UCLA. Mm, it just happened. Good point. It wasn't good on point. any agenda 
that the Big Ten had. And as I was saying to you during the break there, and again, this isn't criticizing Andrea, my question is, how does the ACC make more money to appease its members from top to bottom? And I know that Andrea talked about um, unequal revenue distribution, meaning take your top brands and give them more money. Well, I do expect that to happen in college sports the next 10 years where every league looks at incentives to reward its most successful teams. But that's a model that I want to see the formula. Are you rewarding people in just football? Is it in basketball? Is it in all sports? How is that revenue distributed? And are you basically threatening the others in the league by saying, well, if you don't do this, then then what? Are you kicking them out? And are the other schools just, what, leaving to go where? You need somewhere to go. So I still think that the ACC is watching very closely to what the Pac-12 does. I think the Pac-12 is in a really difficult spot without a, 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 a media package that's going to put them on par with the ACC and the Big 12. And I think that one of the options, as I did write about it, is that I still think the ACC believes that it needs to look at expansion and know that if it goes back to ESPN and says, look, what about these teams? And I think they have an idea about that because Andrew's right. In order to expand, you don't want to just have an equal pie for everybody. You want to be able to grow that revenue. Well, does adding the four time zone help the ACC because you feel like, hey, that's going to put our brand across the country and that ESPN likes that late time zone. And if we take that late time zone, if the Pac-12 deal falls apart, is that more revenue for us? And that's why I still think the ACC is watching very closely to what happens at the Pac-12, just like I believe the Big 12 is watching very closely. And the last Big 12 agenda for uh, the athletic directors did not include expansion either. And do you think Brett Yormark is not working on expansion? Mm, no, no. The, the 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 part about unequal revenue, Dems. I don't I don't see how that that could ever pass any. I don't know what percentage of vote they need to, but the all the like Louisville, NC State, Wake Forest, Boston College. Go down the list. Duke, um, Virginia. They're not going to vote for unequal revenue just so Clemson and maybe Florida State can get more money. Well, the argument I would make. If I'm those schools, is to, to, to Florida State, okay? 2022 was a great season. Am I paying you more because of your previous six seasons? What, what, what is it I'm giving you more money for? That's why I think the, the unequal revenue is still a model that you're working on, and it's going to have to be a model based <clears throat> over years of production because here's my argument as well. Okay, you had a more successful three-year cycle than I did in football and basketball. I'm in a larger TV market. So, so, so I'm not as successful as you, but I'm a larger TV market. And someone's going to have to be able to come up with a model that breaks down the TV numbers and the, uh, and the success in the field to go, hey, you know, Florida State is the driving force with Clemson for football in the ACC. I don't think anybody would have argued Clemson for the decade run, and prior to that, the Florida State decade run. Um, and, yeah, you could put TV numbers together, but the problem is you can't just say, well, when Florida State plays North Carolina, they're 80% of the TV audience. Who figures that out? So what I do think the future is is a flat number that everybody makes and then a pool of dollars that is a reward for how you do both on the field and in TV ratings. 
I'm not smart enough to know exactly what that model is, but I do think the TV partners and conferences will begin to figure that out so that you do have schools that say, look, you made a run over a five-year stretch where you you know, have been to the playoffs four times, and it should be worth more money than the team that finished 14th for five consecutive years. But it's easier said than done. And um, that's why I still think, though, that if you're the ACC, I don't know how you look at your members and say, we're going to do nothing and just make – 40% of what the other two big leagues are going to do. And that's where I think it'll make some schools think, well, if we leave, where could we go? And if there are options, then we'll challenge the grant of rights in court. We'll take our chance and see if a court would throw that out, but you got to have a place to go. And if you're a, a Wake Forest and uh, Florida State and North Carolina and Clemson say, hey, we want more money, right now I'm saying, well, where are you going? I, I, I'm not voting for this until I really feel threatened that if you have options that I'm going to be forced to look at Conference USA. Otherwise, why would I vote for it? Yeah, absolutely. All right, right around the corner, Billy Napier and Mike Norvell came together up in Tallahassee yesterday. Players from Florida and Florida State were hugging each other afterwards as the state legislature enacts a new NIL law in the state of Florida. That's next on Open Mic. Get your groove on right here on the bridge. Brought to you by Advent Health. AdventHealth.com. It'll jazz. Are you moving, Dan? Are you moving? Yeah, I'm moving, all right. Trying to get home. Man, heartbreaking loss for the Knights last night in Memphis. Had had a point, one-point lead with, what, like 10 seconds left and the ball, Daniels, and then turnover, and Memphis gets the game-winning layup with seven seconds left. How heartbreaking was it? Well, it was. The ball game at UCF probably should have won uh, down 15 in the second half with nothing going right, and they battled back and played great and, uh, you know, grabbed the lead. And uh, they're up 63-62 at 310 to go, and neither team, you know, was able to, 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 to score. Uh, UCF had a great opportunity and a layup by Ethel Horton, and somehow the ball comes off the rim, and then Memphis has the basketball. Uh, you know, for possession, and they commit their 24 turnover, bad entry pass, and UCF has the basketball, which is over 20 seconds to go. Memphis chooses to not foul immediately. The shot clock's off. They have to foul. They don't foul until UCF brings the ball up in the front court, and UCF had three opportunities to hold the ball, and Memphis has to foul, or even if they force a jump ball, they still have to score, and... I don't know if it's because Memphis had not fouled as quickly that UCF, the players that touched the ball, just felt like we got to keep moving the ball. And Darius Johnson is an 88% free throw shooter, put the ball on the floor and got swarmed by two Memphis defenders. And Demario Franklin stole it and raced down to get a layup with seven seconds to go. They gave the ball right back to Darius Johnson on a clear one-on-one path to the basket. And um, the layup rimmed out. UCF loses by one in heartbreaking fashion because you at least would have had a chance at the foul line to put yourself up by two or three, and 
and you know heartbreaking loss and a game that really if UCF wins they're you know not back on the bubble but they certainly would have been in the discussion because of the quality of the road win and uh, just a tough tough loss and a you know night that they probably should have won the game Memphis will get in Memphis is in right yeah I mean they're 20 and 6 10 and 3 in the league now they did lose Kendrick Davis who leading scorer in the conference and arguably up for player of the year he severely sprained his ankle last night they got used to next and he's expected to be out now for several weeks but their body of work is going to get him in and the and you know, win last night for UCF fits into the quad one category, which probably would have had their net ranking back in the 40s. That kind of gets you back in the bubble talk. So it's a big swing game that didn't go the right way for them at the end. Mm. A couple other things before we get to the big NIL news yesterday in the state of Florida. I'm picking Kyle Bush to win the Daytona 500. Daniels, who are you picking? Um, hmm, Neil Bonnet. <laughs> Neil Bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't not think is, Neil Bonnet's not with us anymore. I don't think. No, oh, maybe Travis Pastrana. He qualified. Yeah, he qualified. Floyd Mayweather's driver qualified last night. Oh, Duels. okay. Yeah, I yeah. look. I I I had Pat Clark on last week talking about a, a few things, and the old guy in both of us just uh, looked back and. You know, Mike, I missed the Thursday afternoon twin 125s. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's how I wanted the field set and everything. And now we cram everything into this one week and, and it just doesn't have the same vibe. And, and I know the race is sold out, uh, which is great. Um, but, you know, I, I, I was busy doing a game yesterday and then saw the scroll go, oh, yeah, that's right. We got a pole sitter now and field set for Daytona. So, yeah. Tiger Woods birdies the last three holes in the Genesis. He's looks like he's going to make the cut now. He's two under. He's you know probably not going to win. He's still five behind the leaders, but <laughs> that's all anybody's talking about today. They're not talking about who's leading the tournament. They're talking about Tiger may make the cut. Daniels, I got I got to tell you, I, I'm shocked that he played as well as he did yesterday. Well, you're shocked and you're not because he's Tiger Woods and there's still yeah, a little bit point. of magic left in the bottle, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's the beauty of it. It's great that, he, you know, he's paired with two really good friends of his and, you know, just uh, uh, watching some of the stuff and then the highlights, it, 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 that group had a major feel to it, the way they're going around the course. And, um, you know, it'd be great if he makes the cut, uh, you know, the, the, the grind of the four rounds out there walking may have an impact on the weekend, but he certainly gave fans a thrill yesterday and hit the ball fairly well. And um, be fun if he does make the weekend. Be good for TV ratings, that's for certain. And um, that's what Tiger does. And and that's why I still think he feels when he goes out there that I can win. I you know probably not, but the way he finishes around like that, I'm sure he still believes. Hey, I can still get out there and shoot a great score to put myself in contention. He's Tiger. By the way, Tiger, Rory, and Justin Thomas, they tee off this morning at 10.24 a.m. All right, let's say goodbye to our listeners in Tallahassee at FM 96.5 The Spear. Of course, you can keep listening to The Bridge if you want, and the way to do that is to find us on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for 96.9 The Game in Orlando. Otherwise, we'll catch you bright and early, 6 a.m. Monday morning. Let's pause for station identification. 
Mark Daniels. All right, Daniels, we've talked about this story a lot this morning. The state of Florida uh, essentially changed its NIL legislation yesterday. They have a new NIL law, which allows the schools themselves, the coaches, the administrators to be involved with NIL. Uh, uh, you know, Florida was reacting to what's going on around the country at some other states. So I, I I joked yesterday, hey, this just means we can cheat like everybody else. What were your reactions when you saw Billy Napier and, and Mike Norvell and, and all of the college football players up in Tallahassee yesterday celebrating this new NIL legislation? <laughs> um just uh, football people being football people is what it is. And I don't have any problem with what the state did. Um, but remember, Florida was the first state that jumped ahead of California after they made the announcement. But Florida was the first state to put an NIL law in place at the time. We were like, wow, okay, but there's guardrails about certain categories and what you can do and can't do. And then our state saw what other states were doing or not doing and uh, said, wow, um, we're a little bit too restrictive. And you don't just get to, you know, change the law in, in, in one day. You've got to go through a process to do that. And I think it took a little bit longer. Um, and the efforts of some good people from both sides of the aisle, because in the end, Mike, you got to do what's good for your football programs. So um, in the rare uh, uh, example of bipartisanship, when it comes down to helping <laughs> our college football teams be successful it's amazing that republicans and democrats can step across the aisle lock arms and easily pass a legislation all they did mike is allow and andrea broke it down very well but but all they did was allow legally what has been happening and i don't care what the law says this is what it now does okay this now opens up the communication legally with the football coach and the collective about what to pay and how to pay because you know what nothing says in that law uh break down break down the sponsorship and exactly what the athlete is going to be doing to, you know, earn the pay that they're being paid. And yeah, there's some pieces in the, uh, 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 the law that explains, well, you know, in representation and so it's nothing to do with it. It, 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 it just basically said that now the football coaching staff can have communication with the collective as Andrew is pointing out, well, now the player can go and talk to the coach. Is it a good deal or not? How does Billy Napier know if it's a good deal or not on the market? What, 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 what does he know? What does Mike Novell know when a linebacker comes in and says, you know, coach, the collective is going to be able to pay me $100,000 a year. Is it a good deal? How does he know? <laughs> what does he know what the market is? And, and, and it's his follow-up question. Well, what will you be doing to earn that? How many social media posts will you be putting up? And how many appearances will you be making? So all of it, I, and this isn't picking on our state, all of it is a joke in the spirit of what you're talking about. It is nothing more than what gives our football programs in our state, because we have tax dollars involved, the best chance to succeed. And let's make sure that our law is as loose so that they can go ahead and do that. Because you know what our state and other states didn't do? They didn't put uh, restrictions on collectives. They didn't, you know, talk about 
um, how collectors are operating and the shadiness that's going on at some of these um, because it doesn't matter. We just want to make sure that we're as competitive with other states, and that's fine. I mean, if that's what they want to do, it, it, it doesn't clean up anything that's going on. Um, you know, as you said, is it the Jaden Rashada bill? I don't think so. I just think that was such an outlier, but it, 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 it doesn't stop anything that's been going on. Here, here's what, uh, what I still and I still can't wrap my head around this. All right, so NCAA rules say schools cannot uh, pay players directly or use NIL and NIL deals, whatever you want to call them, as inducements to recruit players or keep players on their roster. All right, so that's what the NCAA rule said. But is it? But isn't the state of Florida saying essentially, yeah, uh, school, schools can have, um, uh, you know, schools can have contact with the collectives and they can have contact with the players? Isn't the the, the legislator saying, okay, yeah, you can make your deals for your players? Of course, it's what it is. It, it, it doesn't matter how you spin it. And again, I'm not angry at our state. Our state is responding to doing what other states are or didn't do. That just simply didn't put um, a law in place or, or made it so loose or, or amended their original uh, bills and laws to basically do that. Look, nothing changes from yesterday other than the photo op that was taken place and bipartisanship of, of both sides, which rarely happens. Today, the same thing happens that took place before yesterday's signing, which means a coach wants to get a player against another school, either through transfer or high school. You're competing with someone that's got a price on a market that no one really knows. You get an idea what that market is. You call your collective and you say, look, I need X amount of dollars to get this player. And the collective says, got it. Whoever talks after that, who cares? No one, no one cares. Is the state of Florida, Mike, here, let me throw this back at you. Is the state of Florida going to police anything that they passed no. yesterday? Of course Okay, not. So, so, so it was a photo op. And again, that's not critical to be the party. We're just doing because we care about our football teams, and we want to make sure that our football teams are, when it comes to pay for play, on a level playing field with everybody else. Because no one's going to police this, because it, 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 if you wanted to ask anybody there yesterday, is there any case that you guys have uh, uh, looked into that someone was breaking the law in the last, you know, year and a half? <laughs> right. So what are you know? What are we? What are we doing? Nothing changed. Like the player's going to go ask the coach, "Is it a good deal?" You know what this Why? was. You know what you know what this was, Daniels. Yesterday, and again, I'm all for the the new law because I I'm I'm with the politicians. I want our teams to be good, as good as other states as well. But this was essentially uh, our our state politicians saying, "All right, have at it, boys. Go get them. Go get them." Isn't it right? I mean, of course it is. But you know that's 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 what we do in protecting football. There's another case that's going on, and Andrea talked about it, that, that is interesting um, that involves the NCAA. It really isn't a win-loss because this this latest court case is not going to determine if college athletes are, employee, are, are employees. It, 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 it could push it to another 
level of the court system where someone then says, you know, they are employees. And I'm telling nobody wants that. I, I, I mean, I, 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 I laugh every time. Like, people applaud the, the, the demise of the NCAA in these court cases. And that's fine. I'm going to talk about this on my show. I just don't know what you think you're going to get if they go out of business. I, I, I just want all of these media people and fans that root against the NCAA, which, you know, may be really weak. But what do you want them uh, it, it, like to leave? To leave in what? Set up a, a, another association that has rules that you're asking people to follow? So, so I, you know, I'm not quite sure where anybody wants this uh, uh, to go, but... Um, what I wish would happen, but I don't think it, 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 it it's going to happen in any state, is I wish states had some bite in deals where kids get screwed because they're happening all the time. Of a player who's promised X that isn't getting anywhere near X, they've got a partial payment, or the collective missed a payment and it's 90 days late. I'd like to ask our state legislators when they put down the photo op yesterday, what have you done to protect the student athlete in that situation Daniels, because you still haven't what Daniels what are you talking about I'm reading I'm reading all the quotes from you know the the, the big signing yesterday you have uh, uh-huh. Florida State AD Mike Alford saying we will always do what is best for the student athlete that's our top priority Ron DeSantis when he signed the bill said now that the NCAA has taken necessary steps to ensure fairness for student-athletes, we can focus on making sure that those athletes are supported and protected mm. under the law. That's, that's, right. what, that, that's what this was about. This was about the student-athletes, Daniels. We know that. Right, right. <laughs> right. So when that kid walks into the coach and says, you know, I didn't get my twenty-five thousand. The collective and the coach says, "Hey, you need to call the collective." And he calls the collective and says, "No, we're not going to pay you. Um, you know, if you want to sue us, sue us." Is the state going to go help that kid? Are they going to go after the collective to bring down the collective that's funneling millions of dollars to help the football team win games? Um, they, they, that, are I they going to go after? They're going to go after the boosters and the collective? No, they're not because the boosters and the collective are actually sitting on the state legislature, Daniel. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you know, great photo op, um, great uh, bipartisanship, and in the end, just do what we need to do to make sure that our football teams have the best chance to be successful. No checks and balance of collectives. No, no guidelines set for what collectives can and can't do. Just. You know, hey, we amended this law, which is fine. Again, I'm happy our state's going to be competitive, but no one wants anything to be policed. And we just made sure that whatever law we put in place, that no one's going to police anything. So that's all we did. And I guess good for all the parties. So smile for the camera. Absolutely, (laughs) Daniels. That's win, win, win. That's what we want to do. So, um, all right. Straight ahead, um, what do you want to talk about when we come back, Daniel? Uh, I do want to uh, ask you a couple of questions about your new favorite football team and mm. uh, the All-Star Weekend for the NBA when the bridge brought to the Advent Elf continues next. Put on my blue suede shoes. Nah, just for Daniels. 
Really? Boarded the plane. Really? <laughs> I didn't get to board the plane last night. <laughs> Not walking down Beale. Yeah. There you, yeah. There you go. Little Bruce Hornsby for you, Daniels, because That's you, not lo- you love Bruce Hornsby. Him. Oh, who is that? Mark Cohn. Yeah. That could have been Bruce Hornsby. Didn't he sing a song about Memphis, too? Not that I'm aware of, but anyway. Um, <laughs> still here. Yeah. Couldn't take off last night. So what happened? Because of weather? Wind. Yeah, I think there was like a tornado that briefly touched down in Memphis and we had heavy winds. And there's nothing more depressing after you lose a heartbreaking game like UCF did. And then you pull up and you realize, hey, where's our plane? And uh, turns out that the plane couldn't land uh, because of heavy winds until after the winds cleared out. And then the plane landed, but the old pilot's out of time. So he's out. Of, what do you mean he's out of time? Pilot can only be uh, active oh. for X number of hours. Well, that's probably smart. You don't want to. You don't want a tired pilot. That's for sure. Right? Yeah, but I think he walked into the area where we were waiting in the charter wing, and I think he. I think he acted up a little bit. Like, let's make sure I look exhausted, so they understand what's going on. Um, <laughs> and, and, and there's nothing more depressing as he walks by you, going, "Oh, you need your ten hours. You do." You can't, no? Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, so hopefully Daniels we'll like, take off. Uh, Daniels was like, let me make you a pot of coffee. <laughs> well, my first thought is I just made coffee 30 minutes ago. Go get a cup and let's go. And I mean, we're there in two hours. And so we're hoping to take off, uh, I guess, a little bit afternoon your time, which, you know, gives me plenty of time to land and, Go to the baseball stadium to call mm. a baseball game later, but that's okay. I love doing what I do, so I'm all um, yeah. I'm all ready to go for that. Um, so, so the XFL and mm-hmm. our Guardians. Yep. Um, this isn't me being critical. What 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 is of interest? <laughs> oh, to you? No, 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 no. What is of interest to you? No, I say this because the Apollo Spurrier was the draw. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the fact that he was coaching, well, some people mocked it. You know Steve well. It was just interesting if Spurrier was there. Mm-hmm. What What's the appeal for you? Because I think it's a fair question to ask every person that's going to go or watch is what is it about? Is it because it's an Orlando team? Is it because you love football? Is it, you know, some of the rule changes? What is it for you that has you interested at least at the start of the season? Well, first of all, it's you know it's the newness of it. I want to I, I want to see how how it's presented on ESPN um, Saturday night. I want to see you know, the commentators. I want to see everything you just mentioned. The rule changes. I want to see you know if Paxton Lynch is the starting quarterback, which is what I'm predicting. I want to see how he looks. Um, obviously, I know some of the coaches. Everybody knows, you know, Terrell Buckley, former Florida State stars, the head coach, Shane Matthews, former Gator star. He's the quarterback coach. Lamar Thomas, former Miami star. He's the wide receivers coach and the assistant head coach. I just want to see. A, I, I think mainly what I want to see is the presentation of the game tomorrow night on the ESPN. Okay, that's what I. Want. I, I, I 
Yeah, and I think I'm pretty consistent on this. God knows, I mean, we've talked about it for years, whether it was the Alliance or this version of the XFL, if, if you like watching it, and again, the TV numbers for the USFL, nothing compares to the NFL, but they were fairly decent, beat most college basketball games last year, um, and, and we'll see if that, you know, it's the case this year where there's a, a national appeal. I do think that the way ESPN is going to cover it, you know, is going to bring attention that these leagues haven't gotten before. Is it sustainable over years? I don't know. And like I said before, I have no expectation for their home crowd next week. If it's 8,000, I'm not going to go, well, this is just a waste and nobody cares. Because I don't know what is a fair crowd. It's like I said about the Apollos, and you went to some of those games. If there was 15,000 people, if the real count was 12, it doesn't mean it's a bad crowd. I mean, that may be the crowd for these events. And that may not make it profitable for league owners, but that just may be what the audience is. And that's okay. The the and and the the USFL is a late. When did they kick off? They kick off in April, right? Yeah, that's it. So, I would be more comfortable if there was only one spring league as far as as far as survival and what can they make it? We all know what's happened with all of these spring leagues from you know every iteration of the XFL to the. Alliance of American Football on down the list, they all seem to run out of money. So I don't know if that's what's going to happen here, but I hope I hope at least, Daniels, I hope that this version of the USFL has at least, or I'm sorry, the XFL, I hope that this version of the XFL has at least enough money to to survive three years and give themselves a chance. Because that's what none of these other leagues have done, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the question is, how do you get to profitability? Um, And how far are you willing to go to see if there's a path to that? Um, Again, I wish them well. I think until the shield of the National Football League is placed on something, you're challenged to be successful to the level that you think a spring league can be. I'm not quite sure anybody gets back to the original USFL that had legitimate crowds and media coverage and um, looked like it could sustain itself until you why know, certain things. Why, why do you think it couldn't get back to that? Actually, a part of it, I think, is because the NFL is a 12-month calendar that happens to play games in certain months, and there are enough things that keep our attention um, and, and, and there's other forms of entertainment that have come along that a football fan can follow enough of the NFL and still get their fix elsewhere. I, th- I think until the NFL puts their name on some things and you have truly like a feeder system where that's your team of guys that you draft or they get to play, um, I'm not quite sure it's going to get to the level of drawing 30, 40, 50,000 people. Maybe I'm going to be wrong, but... I'm not quite sure these leagues are going to be able to draw that um, like the original USFL did. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I I don't know. Daniels, do you think, if not for the pandemic, would the last XFL in, in 2020 would that have could that have made it with Vince McMahon investing his own money? I don't know. Even before the pandemic, there were enough stories that Vince was bleeding cash out of that that he underestimated. 
um, several things and that, um, you know, may have used the pandemic as a reason to get out and pull the plug. Um, I, I don't know if truly The Rock and his ex-wife, who are business partners, if they're funding every penny of this, but it's expensive. I mean, even though they're housing everybody in one city, and, and, and it's still expensive to fly football teams to play games, to house them, to feed them, and, and, and all the other stuff. Um, their media deal, this is not a deal that they're getting a, a tens of millions of dollars by Disney. Um, this is more like, here's the, uh, here's the time. So uh, every day is loss of revenue or, or, or is loss of money. Um, so I, I again, I don't know how they make money. So ESPN, ABC, and the Disney networks—they're not actually paying the XFL money to tell. They don't have like a you know like like college football teams in the NFL get money for their games to be no, on TV. This is this just is like more, hey, yeah. hey, we're yeah. going to give you it's a, like a revenue Here. share. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like a revenue share for some things, but ESPN cut a check for like $50 million to broadcast uh, the XFL. And look, maybe, you know, maybe they're willing to, to, to say, look, for, for, for three years, we expect to lose X amount of dollars, but here's how we think we're going to make some of that back. And maybe by year four or five, we become profitable. I mean, like you and I were joking earlier, if you're DraftKings stock, all they announce is that they lost less money than they did the previous year. But it doesn't mean that DraftKings isn't making money. It just means like a lot of large corporations, it takes time to make a profit. I mean, Uber still hasn't made a profit. Yeah. But that's amazing. Uh, you know, how the corporate world works. Isn't that amazing yes. that Uber hasn't made a profit? I mean, that that's a that was a good original idea that a lot of people use. How aren't they making money? Well, say for another day. I mean, they are making money. It's just they sustain so many, uh, so so much in losses to build the structure they are that they are losing less money. And as they become more than just a alternate to taxis with Uber Eats and other platforms, that that's the path to profitability for them. And it is still a very successful company. It's just a lot of businesses have to deal with. Um, starting up and you know you end up burning through billions of dollars until you hit the right model and then become uh successful so there we go peace love boil peanuts have a great show a great weekend and come home safe mark daniels thank you mikey friday edition of the beat of sports is next it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.